All right, welcome back. It's another Me and My Friends podcast straight to all of you listeners, wherever you listen to your podcast, from my living room in southeast Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's been a while since I've done this. Uh, I don't even remember how. I think I start off every freaking episode that exact same way. Because it is. It, I just take a long time between episodes. Today, I am joined by my friend, Greg Beers. He is visiting me today. Um, he is an ad man from the great city of Kansas City, Missouri as they say, in Missouri. Um, we can ask him about that. Why do they say Missouri? Uh, he's also the founder, former founder. He'll always be the founder of a great t-shirt company called Million Dollar Ballers. I still wear those tees, just so you know, and I love them dearly. Um, but sadly, that is no more. Maybe he'll talk about that. But really, uh, what Greg and I have been discussing since we've been hanging out the last couple days is the idea of him interviewing me. So throughout our hangout sessions, there have been many topics of conversation that we get all excited about. And then he puts up his hand and says, no, we are saving that conversation for the <laughs> podcast. So uh, we have been saving up tons of great stories to share with one another for this very moment and so without further ado i'm gonna throw it over to greg beers who is hosting this podcast welcome greg it's good to be here sir thank you uh thanks for having me it's always always good to be uh back in portland and um yeah it seems like um this podcast was just sort of meant to be it it kind of needed to happen you've been on a, a journey a voyage mm-hmm um, that I'm sure will, uh, you know, in part define sort of, uh, direction of your life. And, uh, yeah. why don't you so, tell the listeners a little bit about that journey? Well, um, I guess I'd really like to start at the beginning. I mean, what, uh, when, when did the idea dawn in your head? Where were you? What were you, what were you doing? Start there. Um, so before I go any further, uh, which, which journey are you speaking specifically about the road trip or do you mean this overall journey that I've been on? Uh, we can start wherever you'd like. Actually, I was, I was talking about the, um, the road trip, but we can, we okay. can take a step back. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's take a step back. Let's paint okay. the scene sure. for the listeners. Uh, so last September I quit my job it was a very nice job very fine job very great people that I worked with you know them and Absolutely. it was very comfortable and supportive and um, yeah the, it was it was just a place that had become very comfortable and um, and so I think that when I made the decision to quit it was a little shocking for them it was definitely very shocking for me but I had to do it I was just at this point in life where I felt like I, I needed to go on to the next challenge and I didn't exactly know what that was going to look like or what shape it would take. I just decided that I had to quit and I just kind of did it. Um, and, and then the vacuum filled in quickly with like, Oh my God, what have you done? You've totally interrupted your life. And I was just in this point this this time period where I was looking at everything in my life under a microscope and deciding what was working, what wasn't, what was real, what wasn't, and um, and then I broke up with uh, somebody I was dating, um, which was definitely one of the hardest experiences I've been through in my life, honestly. Um, and so in the ensuing months after that. I I just had a major existential crisis. Um, I decided that to get through it, I would try to do every positive thing I could think of. I was like just working on tasks that I've put on the back burner for years, um, like 
recording music and putting together this application for Irish citizenship, I was just trying to plant all these seeds so that at some point in the future, good things would be happening for me again. But I was in a really dark place where just nothing felt like I was ever going to get any positivity back in my life whatsoever. I, I, I think I was just like totally depressed is what the truth is. I just was going through depression and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I I just hadn't felt happy for months at a time, um, which is not common for me. So I decided in January that I was just going to go off on a road trip. I I had a very loose plan as to what I would be doing. I I packed up my uh, Honda Fit with just all kinds of stuff that I I wasn't sure if I'd even use. Like I, I brought a three-piece suit. I brought a guitar. I brought many changes of clothes for um, all types of weather. And then I just bounded off down to Las Vegas. And there I celebrated my grandmother's 80th birthday with aunts and uncles and cousins and and um and yeah after that the I, I was just making a day-to-day decision on where I'd go next well thanks for uh setting the scene though that was that was really great um kind of detail about about where you were upon uh taking this trip which um which I think we're all going to be really excited to hear about um, uh, the just kind of where that adventure took you. So, so let's start um, where, where exactly were you when you said, I'm going to make this trip? Um, I was probably sitting on that blue couch over there (laughs) as I had been doing quite a bit in the lead up to this. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I I was just, you know, basically I, I really wanted to leave on a trip sooner. I was thinking about going to South America for a while. Yeah. Um, it was a big consideration. But the thing that kind of messed everything up is that the holidays were kind of smack dab in the middle. And I wanted to try to be, um, you know, around my family for the holidays. So that kind of broke up the notion of the trip and made me stay a little bit longer and also kind of canceled out the idea of going to South America. So when South America was, was kind of off the table, what did the trip look like? Um, it, it just looked like a road trip. It looked like maybe I'd be gone for a week. Maybe I'd be gone for a month. Um, all I knew is I was going to go South and, um, and see what happened what would happen next like the fantasy was that I you know I brought a tent this tent that I've had for two years that I bought to spend more time outdoors in the woods but I still haven't actually taken out of its uh, uh, packaging that I bought it in uh-huh. I brought that thinking I'd spend some good time in the redwoods but as of today's date I have still not taken it out of the packaging <laughs> very good yeah what um what made you or what made you choose the route that you did well i i definitely wanted to be there for my grandmother's 80th birthday i thought that uh it would be really wonderful to see her really wonderful to see all the family that was coming out i mean she had cousins coming out from england um some that i hadn't met before which was pretty cool and where again where specifically where was this gathering? Yes. Occurring? Oh, Las Vegas. Gotcha. Yeah. Did I did I leave that out? No, you did, time? but I just wanted to make sure that we were <laughs> back on track. Okay. Yeah. So we're in Vegas. Yeah. It it all occurred there. Um, where in Vegas? Uh, are you familiar with Henderson? It's a little suburb of Vegas. Tell the listeners a little bit about it. <laughs> it is like your generic suburban town. Um with lots of gas stations you got your grocery stores starbucks okay um affordable housing i noticed which was pretty interesting and who lives there 
grandmother. Grandma lives there. And also my uncle Steve and Aunt Kim. So we got some family down in Henderson representing. So you headed down to the to the party. Yeah. Um, what's next? What happened? Just lots of bonding with the family. It was really great. And okay. and uh, I was the sole representative of the Pacific Northwest. Okay. So I kind of brought that perspective. Yeah to uh, many of the conversations that we had and and I just hadn't seen the family for a long time so it was really great connecting with them they have like this this is the McMorrow clan I'm talking about they just have this incredible warmth and happiness and everybody's supporting each other um, just a very happy positive vibe and we were there for a very happy positive occasion so what did your family know the trip looked like from then on? Where did they think you were going <laughs> after the celebration? I don't know because I had some pretty late night conversations with a couple family members about my life and the choices I've been making and um, the uncertainty. And I, I wonder if maybe some of them were a little concerned about where the trip might be taking me. <laughs> Okay. But I I did intend to get to Los Angeles at some point to visit my dad. So okay. at least everybody sort of had that in the back of their minds as to as to the next point on the journey. At this point or even prior, um, did you have in your mind uh, a goal or what anything that you were looking to get out of the trip? I my my main goal was to be in a place that wasn't Portland, that wasn't full of emotional landmines um, okay. in every path that I had been walking the last three months. I just wanted to feel okay again, just happy for a little bit. That's like that was like my only goal of the trip, just to get out of the funk that I was in. Any highlights in between here and Vegas? Yeah, I stopped down in Bend. I visited Orion, okay. my former bandmate and right. friend of How'd twenty that plus go? years. That was great. Yeah. It was frigid down there. The it was really crazy driving along the um, on the east side there. It, there was like freezing fog that just formed this ice that you know sort of uh, was. It looked like the all the trees and bushes were chiseled out of ice, which was pretty neat. Mm. Um, after Bend, I drove down through Burns and in deep eastern Oregon. It was icy. I had to get from Bend to Vegas in one day, which was a 14-hour drive. Okay. And, and it was just right through the heart of Nevada. And if anybody uh, is curious as to what the heart of Nevada looks like. I think all the listeners are curious, actually. Like, yeah. Tell it, us. It's quite barren. It's very boring. Uh, I drove much faster than the speed limit. Okay. Um, and it still took forever to get to Vegas. I think it was 823 miles um, from point A to point B. 14 hours. Yeah. That was, was that your longest day? That was. That was my longest day. Okay. Um, so we're in Vegas. We're with the family. We're bonding. Um, trip's off to a good start? Oh, yeah. It okay. was off to a good start. I was just in a completely different environment. I was thinking about different things. I had different concerns. And I started thinking, yeah, this plan is working. Nice. Yeah. And why, and why, why did you think that? I I just was not preoccupied with all the things I'd been preoccupied with in Portland, you know, okay. not only the relationship stuff, but trying to find a job, trying to figure out what kind of job I wanted. If I even wanted to stay in Portland, I started thinking maybe I could move to L.A. Maybe I could move to Washington, D.C. or New York, or maybe I could go somewhere cheap in the world and just live off of my savings as long as I could and then credit cards and then wither away somewhere. <laughs> so that that's kind of what my thought process was, was was before. But when I got to Vegas, I was just enjoying being in the moment. Okay, so how many days total in Vegas? I think it was about four days total. And then when you packed up uh, yeah. whatever day you, you left, uh, yeah. 
you were headed to, to L.A.? Well, I decided that I really wanted to see Joshua Tree. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah, I love that U2 album. Yeah, and it's a good one. Yeah, it's a fantastic album. You were there for the first tour. You were telling me I the was, other night. Indeed, yeah, made the first uh, Joshua Tree, not not the reunion one, but the original, which uh, was which was good to be there. So, nineteen eighty-eight, sure. huh? Uh, I guess it would have been. Would have been eighty-seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But uh, so, tell us about Joshua Tree, because uh, unfortunately, not not all of us have made it out there yet. Well, I'll just say that Joshua Tree wasn't even the most remarkable part of the day. Um, I had on the way to Joshua Tree is the Mojave Desert. And I have never seen anything like the Mojave Desert. It was, that was one of my favorite moments of the trip. I just, I was following whatever guidance Siri had on the direction to get to Joshua Tree. And what that meant is I was going through all these highways in the middle of nowhere, like nothing was around. It was just on either side of the highway, there were all these crazy prehistoric looking plants, weird rocks, uh, it was raining. And every, every, I don't know, 10 to 15 miles, I just pulled the car over and I, I was just looking around at all the, all these weird plants and thinking, wow, what the heck is this place? And I, I would just go running out into the bushes and, um, you know, I'd be touching the plants and, and looking at them and just, you know, it, it was just so weird. It, it was such a What's different place. What's the weirdest thing you saw? Um, I mean, there were just many different types of cactus that I I had not been acquainted with. Did you get before. some photos to uh, yeah. snap some pics? Oh yeah, got some great photos. Yeah, I I posed with a couple. Uh, they have Joshua trees there, as it turned out. Um, but I posed with a couple as though they were people, and I timed the shot to make it look like maybe another Joshua tree was taking a photo of me and this other Joshua tree. So oh, nice. I thought I was pretty clever out there by myself in the desert. Uh, but as I kept driving off in the distance, I saw this tremendous sand dune and it was called the uh, Kelso sand dune. And there's okay. a place called Kelso near Portland. So I thought that's a sign that I need to go check out this sand dune. So I drive down this shitty road for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. And I get to this place, the, you know, parking area to walk up closer to the dune. And I park there and there's this guy in a van and he's just kind of looking at me. And it's like a crappy van. So I thought like, whoa, is this uh, some guy that like breaks into cars out here? Because like who else would be out there at that time? I thought, um, so I went in, I, there's just like this little outhouse there. I used the restroom real quick and I look back towards the car and the guy's just kind of glaring at me. And I thought, well, if he murders me with a hatchet sure. out here, um, they'll be able to realize that it's me because of my car license plate. So I was like, eh, my family will figure it out. It's fine. So it's logical. Yeah. yeah. So I jump on this path. I start walking towards a sand dune. It's kind of like a mirage in the desert. It, it it was very far away, and no matter how much I walked, it seemed like it was still the same distance away. It was never really getting any closer. So you didn't you didn't get killed. I didn't get killed, but when I got up to the sand dune, it was just this huge vertical climb to get to the top. Yeah. Like it just seemed insurmountable, to be honest. Yeah. And I said, screw it, I'm going to yeah. try to climb to the top. And it was in the middle of this rainstorm. It was just like a terrible idea, and it was exhausting. But when I got to the top, I was rewarded. There were rainbows everywhere. On the other side nice. of the sand dune, there was just rolling sand dunes as far as the eye could see. But there was also this biting wind and pouring rain, so I had to get down pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, sounds like worth the, uh, worth the adventure, though. Yeah, and again, it was one of those moments where I just felt really good to be by myself and to be alive, and I was like, yes, this trip is doing what I wanted it to do. How many uh, minutes would you say it took to get to the top of this uh, sand dune? I think it probably took about 20 minutes. 20 minutes, okay. Yeah. That's uh, so. probably 20 hard, uh, tough minutes, though. Yeah, I, I had to yeah. stop and rest yeah. many times, and I 
I was breathing really hard and, um, but things are working. The, the plan is, uh, it's, it's moving forward. The plan is moving forward. So I, I get down off the dune. I start walking back towards the car and the guy from the van started walking towards me. Okay. Yeah. The killer. Right. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is my moment. Uh, it's fight or flight time. So I clutched my water bottle in my hand. Like maybe I could clock him on the side of the head and keep going. I don't know why I had this murder fantasy, but I thought it might make the trip more exciting perhaps. But anyways, as I get closer to him, he said, wow, did you go all the way to that sand dune and back already? And to me, it seemed like it had been an hour and a half. So I was like, yeah, that you know took a while. Um, but he had this very thick German accent. And so I noted that immediately and I said, hey, are you from Germany? And he said, oh, is it that obvious? And I was like, yeah, it kind of is, sorry. Um, and so we just did some small talk. And then I said, you better be careful, man. If you're gonna go up that sand dune, it is a crazy workout. And he's like, well, I just finished doing the Pacific Crest Trail, so I don't think it'll be that bad. Hmm. And I was humbled. I thought to myself, yes, maybe it will not be so bad for you. Uh, then I jumped off in my car, all limbs accounted for. Okay. And I drove down to Joshua Tree. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the tree. Yeah, it was okay. I, I only had a set number of hours there because I was trying to make it to L.A. later that night. Oh, okay. So I got out of the car in Joshua Tree. Um, I went to this place called Jumbo Rocks, which was uh, a referral by my friend Misha. Mm-hmm. And I climbed around on some Jumbo Rocks. I saw some Joshua Trees, uh, met a Canadian tourist, and then I got the hell out of there. All right, and head to L.A. Yeah, All drove right. through 29 pines, palms, sorry. There's, yeah, palm trees down there. Um, so set the scene for us as, as you're, you're okay, you're finally on the road to L.A. What does it look like? What's the road ahead of you look like, like literally look ahead, like ahead of you and also figuratively? It was beautiful. It was sunny. It was warm. It was okay. the first time I'd felt warm since maybe October. Um it was very flat. All the buildings to the left or the right were like abandoned. So it, this one little area that I went through, it seemed like there was a reason for people to build houses there once upon a time, but that reason had long passed. So I did pull over and jump out and go digging through some of these houses to just see what they look like on the inside. Most had walls that had been punched out, uh, walls that had been spray painted, people that had you know, pissed in the corner and that sort of thing. Nice. Um, so that did you was piss in the corner. I, I did not piss in a corner, okay. not inside. I'm sure. actually housebroken. So I went outside. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's good. But you're right. I did have to mark my territory. Yeah. Uh, cause how else would people know? Um, absolutely. And yeah. So I, after getting my fill of these abandoned houses, I jumped back in the car I drove through this insane rainstorm. Like when I was in the town of Riverside, or maybe it's a city, it's like 100,000 people. It was just raining so hard. Everybody was going like 30 miles per hour on the freeway. But I eventually make it to LA. My plan that night was to uh, visit my friend Jamie. And then after I was done visiting him, I was going to uh, go to the coast and sleep in my tent somewhere. Nice. Okay. Um, Where on the coast just, I mean... I didn't know. I just was somewhere. like, I'll just go somewhere. Um, but when Jamie and his wife heard that plan, they were like, no, you're not going to do that. You're actually just going to sleep on our couch. And I was feeling a little bit ornery for a moment. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, a traveling man. I'm going to go wow. out in the sure. tent. Yeah. But then after I thought about it for a sec, I was it like, was, actually this couch looks pretty yeah. nice. That's probably a better call. Yeah. Couches yeah. are better. Yeah, so I stayed the night there. Um, the next night, I, I guess, then I went up to my dad's place. And where was place. that specifically? Oh, this was down near Fairfax in Los Angeles, near the Grove, near the Farmer's Market. Okay. Um, I guess it's kind of a happening neighborhood. It seemed, uh, you know, all right. Okay. Any highlights there? Um, no, I... I 
I met up with my friend Sean, which was great. Sure. Um, we were walking through the Grove, and we randomly ran into a friend of mine from Port Townsend. Like, we had no idea he was going to be there. Um, PT represent. Yeah, PT. It comes out of the woodwork. Um, on a, a side note, I was in Bosnia a couple years ago, and I ran into a PT friend there. That was a little more staged. Like, I knew that he happened to be coming through, but still, uh, sure. weird place yeah. for people to be coming through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, spent some days in LA Okay, and then I made the decision that I would go south, um, to Costa Mesa, uh, where I have family. I visited my uncle. I, um, he was in the garage tinkering on some bicycles Okay, and we talked for maybe two hours. He's a, um, spiritual leader in the church of latter-day saints and mm -hmm. so he gave me um he shared lots of uh spiritual advice in in response to some of the things i was telling him that i was wrestling with so what were you guys talking about just choices in life paths in life um okay. what kind of what kind of advice did he did he give you well he gave me advice um you know, as it relates to spirituality. Okay. You know, I, I was telling him the type of partner that I would like to have in my life and the types that I keep sort of meeting. And his advice was that maybe I should try meeting these types of people that I'm saying I'm, I would like to meet in sort of a church type environment. Okay. So he, he was commenting how, um, the Latter-day Saints church, enables single people to mingle and meet one another uh -huh. and then he was saying if you meet somebody in that sort of environment you know at least you know they're going to have like this certain right. this certain uh orientation towards right. you know kind of a more conservative gotcha. family structure okay all right um but what i told him is that uh i don't know if i could fake the spirituality thing because i i don't have a spirituality bone in my body and although it would be really nice to meet somebody that kind of has that more traditional relationship mindset. Um, yeah, tough to fake it. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no religion on earth that I could, you know, fake it through for more than a couple weeks. So, okay. So he's in the garage tinkering on bikes. Mm -hmm. We're talking spirituality. Um, any, how long were you there? How, how many days? I was just there for a couple hours. A couple and hours. I, my cousin lives in the same town. So okay. I went over to her place. She let me stay there for the night. Um, hung out What's with her, her and her husband. That's my cousin, Gloria. Okay. Yeah. And we had a great time watching uh, football. The Patriots were playing somebody. Um, I was more interested in the conversation, though. She, you know, it was fun talking with her and her husband. And they had a couple over, and those friends were pretty nice. All um, right. And again, it was more conversation about life and career and directions that people can take. And um, yeah, it, it's really interesting when you really kind of open yourself up to other people. It makes the conversation, I think, far more interesting than if you're just kind of doing the the motions with, oh, what'd you see in the news? What Netflix shows are you watching? Because then you kind of get a little window into how they perceive the world and how they perceive success and happiness. And, and that was a big part of this trip is being in all these different cities and places in the West and seeing what was motivating people in their lives. Um, yeah, through, you know, my experience. So how long were you in that town? Mm, I was just there for one night. Uh, okay. My cousin recommended that I go check out Laguna beach. Okay. It was amazing. It was like an 86 degree day. Um, I got out of my car and immediately realized that I didn't have any shorts. So I went to a thrift shop, bought some shorts and then walked along the beach and there were just so many, incredibly attractive people of uh, both genders that were just not wearing many clothes. And so I decided to take my shirt off and I sure. was just like enjoying the heat and thinking like, wow, these people know how to live down here. Yeah. So that's actually was my, I mean, my next question, um, which you may have answered, but maybe you can expand on it. So like, where's your head at right now on the trip? So you're how many days in, would you say? I would say I'm about a weekend at this okay, point. Okay, and where where's your head at as uh, 
where's your head at right right now in that at that space in Laguna Beach I was thinking huh maybe I should get a job in Laguna Beach and okay. hang out here all the time um I yeah at that point and especially after speaking with my cousin she introduced me to this artist guy who had some interesting perspectives I started thinking like maybe maybe I should really really consider moving somewhere else and doing something different for a while and um I started expanding my online job search to look at jobs in Vegas, LA, um, in Costa Mesa by this point. And um, I start thinking, okay, you know, I, I don't have to be limited just by what is familiar and comfortable in Portland. So one weekend you're moved out of Portland. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Okay, bags are packed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, how long in Laguna, hanging out with the beautiful people? Uh, that was a couple hours. A couple right. beautiful hours. Uh, Catch then some I, rays and uh, just kind of yeah, relax. Yeah, got a little sun kissed, as they say. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. I waited out in the water. It was freezing, yeah. but it was still nice. Um, and after that, I headed down to San Diego. Okay. I went to this place called Coronado Beach. Uh, there's a fancy hotel there that I guess is world famous um, maybe somebody could elaborate someday on what films were filmed there and whatnot yeah. I don't really care that'd be great yeah I I just kind of liked you know San Diego is a very beautiful place warm and nice houses and stuff mm -hmm. but I had to get to Yuma Arizona that night so I I left San Diego after having a little slice of pizza and headed to Yuma and as I got up into the hills the mountainous region uh -huh. I saw one of the most amazing sunsets I'd ever seen. Um, just crazy pink sky, uh, rocks, weird rock formations. I actually pulled off the freeway and just climbed to the top of this hill that I saw and hung out there for a while. Were there other people uh, pulling off, taking shots, or was it just you on the road there? Or? It, it was just me, and lots of you know huge trucks would drive by. But yeah, I, I think I was the only one that had that idea that day. Well done. Thank um, you. So okay, so you're you're looking at the perhaps the the greatest sunset you'll ever see. Um, perhaps. And um, you're you're basically you don't live in Portland mentally anymore. You're like you're 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 somewhere else potentially. You don't know where I, it is, but you're, I'm in the moment. That's in the what moment. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. You're wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. It was glorious. Okay. So. Where to next? So yeah, I, I had to make it to Yuma that night. And what's in Yuma? Well, nothing's really in Yuma, but when I was uh, 16, there was a song by Damien Gerardo called Yuma, Arizona. Okay. And that was a favorite of mine and the band that I played with at the time. Sure. So when I was looking at how to get from um, San Diego over to Tucson, that area, mm -hmm. I was like, ah, Yuma, that'd be a great halfway point. So... I get in there. Um, I don't know where I'm going to sleep. I finally pick a motel. What's six. Yuma look like as you're pulling in? Uh, it looks just like any kind of generic town. Okay. Um, there wasn't much of interest for me there. Um, I jump into a motel six. I get in the room and I have, it's like the most filthy room I've been in on the road. Uh, the, the blanket on top of the bed was stained with all kinds of God knows what. Uh, had cigarette burns in it and all this kind of stuff. Sure. So I transferred rooms and then jumped on my phone and figured out where downtown Yuma is because whenever I go to a new town, my favorite thing is to just go cruise around, check out all the different bars and see what the scene is like. And granted, I'm not drinking in this period of time. I Oh, no drinks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's been a long time actually. Right. So How long um, not drinking at this point? Well, yeah, in this current stint, um, it has been 35 days or so. Okay. Um, Where you're at in the journey, I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the journey, it was probably day eight. Day eight, gotcha, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, I I had taken a couple weeks off before the holidays, but then I figured I couldn't make it through the holidays without gotcha. a little, you know. So Motel 6 in Yuma. Yeah. Okay. And I get into downtown, and... 
you know, again, I thought, oh, maybe I could live in downtown Yuma. This isn't so bad. There is a couple of breweries there. Yeah. I couldn't find a coffee shop. I walked all up and down the downtown strip. I could not find a coffee shop. It was very strange. Suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Very suspicious. I, I thought maybe because the weather was hotter there, they didn't drink coffee like we do. I don't know. I don't know. But I get into this bar and I, um, inside there's just, you know, it's really narrow. There's a bunch of kind of unsavory characters. So I decided to walk back outside to this patio area and I am on the phone with a friend and this guy with like this triangular shape, inverted triangular uh, torso shape, you know, buff, buff dude with little legs comes up and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm actually on the phone. And he's like, Oh, and, and he just like had this attitude hmm. about him and I'm like, that's yeah. weird. Like, I wonder what he would have said if I wasn't talking on the phone, but he goes back towards the, the bar and I see him go to lean against a picnic table, mm-hmm. but a picnic table is not there. So he just fell and collapsed onto the concrete. And I thought I better get the heck out of here. Cause, uh, this drunk, angry fella could take that embarrassment out on me. So probably a good time to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, find something that's else a little traveler's do. tip. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to try to make time for those. And it's good. It's good to have a tip for the audience. You know, yeah, so we can all learn something. Yeah. So, anyways, there was nothing going on in Yuma. It okay. was maybe a Monday night or something, Sunday night. Um, I left. I, you know, woke up the next day. I tried driving around forever to find something of interest. I did find, like, a palm tree grove that I walked around in for a while um, until I saw the no trespassing signs, and then I left. Um, and then I just made my way um, over to Tucson. And then from Tucson, I headed South. My destination was this town called Bisbee, Arizona, which was probably the coolest town I visited on my trip. And so are you deciding kind of each night, you don't really know two days ahead, but you know, a day ahead where you're going to be. And then yeah. you sort of that day you're deciding, maybe you're talking to people and you're deciding, okay, I'm going to go there. Yeah. That's kind of how it, how it worked out. But honestly, I've had an interest in Bisbee for a while because a friend of mine was from there. Gotcha. He wrote a book about the, um, his experience living there and whatnot. So, so I what's knew going on that, in Bisbee? Well, it's this cool little mountain town. Um, you know, you drive south from Tucson towards Mexico. You're not very far from the Mexican border and you, you're going through this hill and then go through this tunnel and all of a sudden this town just sprouts out of nowhere with these cool buildings from like the 1800s. It's like right at the base of a valley. Either side are these still steep hills. Um, the town goes up into the hills a little bit. So there's these like narrow staircases that wind all around through the, hmm. the wow. village. Um, yeah, it felt very European to me. Um, it was... You know, the the thing that I thought of is, is the city of Sarajevo in Bosnia. It's also kind of in a valley, and the town goes up into the hillside. So it had a similar vibe to that, um, but it had tons of bars. They're all piping out music into the street. Um, and I just wandered in and out of bars, getting soda water. And, and it was a Monday night, so um, I... I knew that that town would be hopping on a weekend and I, I made a pledge to myself to come back on a weekend sometime. Um, but as it was, I had a great time just kind of walking around and eavesdropping and admiring the architecture. Did you talk to anybody of note in that town? Uh, one of the bartenders was quite friendly with me. Um, and I, I just kind of eavesdropped on a couple that was just doing the whole, like, kids today don't understand, da, da, da. Uh, Very towny is how I felt, but... Oh, you know what? I did meet this kid who showed me a magic trick. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, he had a deck of cards and, you know, wanted to guess which card I picked, you know, that thing. I don't know how they do that, but he did that, and it was cool. Yeah. Um, it's good to see the magic kid, yeah. Yeah, the magic kid. And so the next day I went down just south of town. There's this huge open pit mine from you know when the mine was hopping. And at the base of it is this black acidic pool that is apparently mm. very dangerous. Um, 
went down south of town, found a laundromat, did my laundry for the first time in a long time. What was that like to do laundry in Bisbee? Oh, man, I was in this laundry shop where I don't know how they made money because they didn't charge me for anything. It was like billed as a coffee shop laundromat. And so I thought, oh, I'll have a coffee while I do my laundry. And I get in there and I say, I'd like a cup of coffee, please. And the lady gives me a coffee. And I'm like, how much do I owe you? And she's like, oh, you can just have it. I was like, oh, okay. And then I asked for a dryer sheet and she only charged me a quarter for that. And I asked for some soap and she just charged me like a quarter for that too. And I was desperate. Like I would have paid five bucks for all that stuff. Um, I suppose I could have tipped her handsomely, but I did not. That sounds like a good laundry experience, really. It was wonderful. Uh, And I watched, uh, she had this Netflix thing going on where David Letterman was interviewing Obama. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah, well done. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so you're, uh, where to next? And really, actually, before where to next, where's your head at right now? My head is that, that maybe I could move to Bisbee, Arizona. Okay, sure. And I'm yeah. looking at housing prices. There's places that are in the 120 range. Oh, sure. That's, and I was like, yeah, oh, my reasonable. God. I could move here. I could get a dog. I could work at a coffee shop. Uh-huh. And my life would be far better than it ever has been in Portland. Okay. All right. So with that thought in mind, where are we headed? So uh, from Bisbee, I go to Tucson with a stop in between at the town of Tombstone. Ah. Tombstone sucks. Yeah. Don't ever go there. It's yeah. so commercialized and, you know, every little thing is just I don't know. Better or worse than the movie? Uh worse. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It just sucked. Don't go yeah. there. It's like Disneyland for westerns. Okay. And I hate westerns, so yeah. it was gross. Um and then I go to Tucson, I visit uh a publisher that I used to work with named Tim okay, and stayed at his place. He and his wife, Anne, they just really took care of me, took me out to dinner. The most like amazing Mexican meal I've had in a long time. I got to visit some of Tim's employees and friends and, um, and it was a really nice place to crash. How's Tim doing? Tim is doing great. He, he's an amazing book publisher and he has some new stuff coming out. Uh, Check it out. He handpicks everything. Everything's of just this great quality. Um, so it's good to see him thriving with his business. Um, and from there I went up to Sedona and visited one and of his former authors. Sorry to interrupt, but just paint the picture for us of, of where you are now um, in, in Sedona. Like what's that? You know, as you're driving in there, what's it looking like? You know, what's what are you seeing? Okay, so Tucson uh, has some of those, you know, uh, stereotypical cactus, cacti, I guess. What do they call them? Segueros or something? I don't know. It, it's spelled one way and you say it another way, but I never remember sure. the right orientation. But they're the, just like those ones that like look kind of like people with their arms up. Okay. Um, anyways, going into Sedona, you're going up the hill and you get into Sedona and there's like these crazy red rock formations, which um, apparently uh, house some sort of vortex. So a lot of the crystal fondling type people like to congregate there because they feel weird energies and stuff. Um, I felt no energy, um, but it was great to see my friend Bill who lives there. And he took me on this hike through the hills, and uh, it was a very beautiful place to hike. Bill Carter? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, you're looking at his poster behind me, aren't you? Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yep, that's where he lives. And um, so it was really great catching up with him and hearing about some of the interesting projects he's been involved with. And Does he have anything coming up uh, that he's uh, was telling you about? Is he's excited about? Well, I think a lot of the things he was telling me were things to keep under wraps. Ah, uh, well, let's yeah, let's do that then. Let's, yeah. Uh, so keep he's that always got up. something cool going on. It's great. Yeah. You kind of it's kind of like you'll find out about it when. Sure. Need to know basis. Yeah. yeah, I was saw him speak uh, a few years back here in Portland, and um, yeah, always excited to see what he's doing next. Yeah, thanks for coming for that, by the way. Sure. That's a mark of a good friend right there. Well, you know. Um, So from Sedona, I drove up to Flagstaff that night. Okay. Found another cheap hotel. Um, 
I found an open mic. I brought my guitar with me. I went downtown and I walk into this bar and I said, hey, I hear you Do you, you know the name a, of the bar? Oh, I think it was called the State Bar. State? Okay. Yeah. And Shout I, out to the State. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. Uh, Brian was the proprietor. Brian O. Recall correctly. Um, and he said that he was taking over for the night. The regular guy had just... Uh, become a father so he wasn't gonna oh, be there okay so bry guy said hey mike you know if nobody else shows up you could play here all night and so i did play a lot longer than <laughs> what <laughs> i did play longer than i typically play and i got a good response from a crowd this gal came up to me and she's like i really love your music how did you learn how to do that so i got to be all smug for a couple minutes and be like well you know it just takes years of practice oh sure yeah um you'll get there kid right yeah exactly one of those (laughs) um sounds like good night that sounds like things are you know so if you'd say you're at a zero when you left Portland at this point, what uh, zero to ten here? What what what's your number? Where, where would you say you'd be at? I would say at any given moment, I was between a seven and an eight. Oh, so you're? I mean, you're you're up there. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Okay. I started thinking maybe I could move to Flagstaff. Okay, sure. You got lots of new uh, homes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So after Flagstaff, I got up really early the next morning. And I drove along Route 66 uh, to Visalia, California. And this is one of those things where somebody on Facebook had seen my photos from my journey. And she said, hey, why don't you come crash it with me in Visalia? Wow. Uh, I think they pronounce it Visalia. I can never remember. But anyways, um, I thought, why not? I've never heard of this town. I've never considered going there. So let's check it out. You're a social media star. Yeah, that's right. And I get there, and it's it's kind of a farming community. It smelled okay. like um, acutely like cow urine. It was very oh sure, yeah. Like Who doesn't I, love that? Yeah, I think, I think it singed all my no hair nose hairs. Ah, yeah. Um, I guess it's a very conservative place. It, it could be perceived to be in the news a lot lately because Devin Nunez, uh, who released the memo, the Republican memo, the other week. That's his district. Ah, okay. And so later that night, I'm at the bar with my friend, and this woman comes up to me, and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, hey, hi, how are you? And she said, don't worry, hon. I'm not going to try to make you dance with me. And I said, oh, that's good. Okay, <laughs> phew. And she said, where are you from? And I said, Oregon. And she said, Oh, God, that means you're probably a Democrat, huh? And I was like, yeah, of course I am. And she's like, oh, psh, oh and And that was my introduction to, you know, what I already perceived to be a conservative town. But, like, I got hit with it immediately. Yeah, like a tidal wave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting there watching all these really conservative people dance to a soul band. And it was the most soulless display of people like uptight people trying to have fun so first town you've been in that upon leaving you did not say i could live there no i still thought maybe i could live there wow yeah because it wasn't portland for one um also what i learned when i got there it's the gateway to the sequoia national forest basically. okay That's, so if i had planned like it better thing. i could have gone up in the sequoias okay all right um so how long did you stay there I stayed there one night and then I got up really early the next morning and I drove to Mendocino over on the coast. Okay. And so along the way, uh, a friend said, hey, you should visit this other mutual friend who lives somewhere in that area. So texted that friend and he's like, yeah, I'm in this place called Point Reyes above San Francisco. And uh, I'd never heard of Point Reyes. And I looked at it on Google Maps. It looked like a forest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I trusted him. I drove out there. And it turns out there's this place called Point Reyes Station, which is like this cool little itty-bitty town full of bars and restaurants and, and lots of beautiful people on little vacation from San Francisco. Saw the friend, had a great connection. 
and then drove up the California coast uh, up to Mendocino. So how many uh, how many days or weeks and or weeks are we into it at this point? I think we're about two and a half weeks into two and it a half. At this point. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, okay. So you're in Mendocino. Yeah. What's that look like? It's a little windswept town on the California coast. So I got there. I immediately located my token pub. Um, oftentimes that is a point of reference where I can park and then wander off and then know that I can get back to it. Okay. Also, I'll you know maybe use the restroom there, get sure. some water, that sort of thing. Um, so I parked and then I walked down the town, you know, just kind of a quaint small town, ice cream shop, hotel, bar. That sort are of you thing. catching some rays? Are you getting, uh, are you getting a good tan going at this point? No, it is sunset at this point and it's a wee bit nippy up here. But just in general on the trip, have you been able to catch, uh, you know, does it look like you're, you've been on vacation, you're, well, you had, you had, I, I definitely got some rays in California, maybe a little bit in Arizona, but uh, by the time I got back to California, we're talking chilly temperatures. Gotcha. Again. Okay. Yeah. So in Mendocino, I walked through the town and went out onto the coast. It's like right on this cliffside. Mm -hmm. And I just, I watched an amazingly gorgeous sunset on with the ocean waves crashing in. It was really nice. I thought, you know, maybe I should take someone here someday, and uh, and then I can seem like I know some cool stuff. So you saw, um, you saw a buddy there. <clears throat> you saw a friend though um, on the way there. And, and yeah, uh, what 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 you guys do? We went out to lunch, and his father joined us, and. Uh, we just had a conversation. It was a very loud bar, and I had also been listening to music extraordinarily loud on the drive over. So I was actually kind of deaf when we sat down, and I had to ask a lot of questions like, can you repeat that? What'd you say? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, but by the end of the meal, uh, his father offered to pay for the bill. Very nice. Yeah, so I was like, all right, maybe I can move here. Okay. So as we're back on the road, um, what kind of music uh, are we listening to and or what are we listening to? Well, I listen to a combination of things. I listen to the new Fire and Fury audiobook. Ah, sure. So I learned all about Trump's inept cluster uh, mess of a White House. Okay. Um, I listened to an audiobook by Mark Manson, a Barrow philosopher called The Art of Not Giving sure. a Fuck. Yeah. Uh, and I listened to lots of rock and roll. I was listening to Liam Gallagher's new album. Ah, I was listening sure. to the Gallagher's. The War on Drugs. I was listening Excellent to album. Yeah. Noel Gallagher's new album. Oh, sure. I was listening to a lot of The Verve, which I've been on a kick yeah. uh, a, about five years. A great band. Tons of Radiohead. Um, listening to my own music as I, you know, try to figure out the next step in the recording process. Um, listening to all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you're on the coast. Where, yeah. And you're. Um, are you on one then? What are you? Yeah, uh, at this okay. point I'm on one. Okay, and what's it looking like? Lots of trees. It looks like the Pacific Northwest. So I felt okay. like I had made it back home. Okay. At least to our bioregion. Okay, where, and where are you headed? North. I'm homeward bound. Um, that night, I instead of staying in Mendocino, I stay in a town called Fort Bragg, which seems kind of like an Oregon coast town a little bit. You know, nothing, no real personality there. Um, no offense, but yeah, it was just kind of a spot on the map. And that night I started feeling like, okay, this road trip's over. It's time to go home. Um, cause I, I, I felt like I had gotten everything out of the trip that I had hoped to get at that point. And it's, um, what's, what day was that? How many days, uh, are we into the trip when you're crossing the Oregon border? What, uh, how many days? Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, but it was close to three weeks, two and a half weeks, maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so how did you feel different? What would you, how could you how could you sum up how how different you felt at, uh, when you were crossing when you were leaving uh, the state of Oregon to when you were uh, then re-entering? Um, yeah, uh, that's a great question. Point. Yeah, when I left, I I felt this hope, this freedom, this this feeling like I was escaping something that had been keeping me down for a long time. Okay. Um, and that immediately transitioned into me feeling like I don't ever want to go back to that place. And so by the time I came back, crossing back into the border of Oregon, I, I was actually feeling a little bit of hesitation. Like, uh, I don't want to go back there. Like I'm afraid of what will wait for me once I drive into town. What, um, what do you think you, what do you think you learned on this trip? Um, I just was reacquainted with the idea that the world is a big freaking place. There's all kinds of amazing, wonderful people in it with different perspectives on how to live, how to be. Um, and, and yeah, it just, I just kind of realized that all the stuff that I've been working through, all the weird things that I've been feeling, um, you know, it's all temporary. It's just this thing that I have to get through and I will, which I always knew, but I didn't always feel that way strongly. Um, so the trip was a nice mental vacation. It was very important for me to feel unabridged happiness and enthusiasm for being alive again. Um, because that's the feeling that's kind of propelling me forward now. So did it change you? Um... I don't know. I guess time will tell if it changed me. It it definitely rebalanced me. It was like getting a tune-up. I'm firing on most of my cylinders again. What surprised you most about the trip? Or even the aftermath or the whole experience? Well, it was interesting because the moment that I got home to Portland... Um, I did kind of walk into those landmines laying around the neighborhood again, but I, I had a different kind of resilience to them than before I left. Um, I still felt them. I still experienced them, but, um, I'm, I have more defenses against them now. And, um, and I think that yeah, just it just gave me a perspective that, um, I don't know, kind of resilience to uh, kind of the hard knocks that you experience in life in general, and um, and I, I don't know, like I know that I will continue to run into things that are challenging, um, but I think my perspective now is that. I need to spend less time kind of grappling with these ideas or challenges that I experience and I just need to kind of get away from them to um, to have new experiences, create new experiences so that you have new memories, new things to think about um, and so that you're not continuing to dwell on the past. Well said. I think that's a good place to end this. All right. Well, thank you for turning it around and interviewing me. Uh, that's very, uh, that was a fun exercise and kind of uncomfortable. And maybe I'll good. edit some of the things I said, even though I always tell my guests that I won't do that for them. But we'll see. Uh, do you have any final words that you'd like to share? Uh, just thanks for uh, allowing me to take this uh, trip with you and share it with uh, uh, everyone that, that's listening. And um, um, yeah, thanks. It's been fun. All right, man. Thank you. Until next time. <laughs>